Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mand. Joining me today, making his debut on the ROE podcast. Aris, what's up? How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, I appreciate you uh, you joining us. How does it feel to be making the debut? You're, uh, I would say that your, your debut has been much anticipated. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard. I've heard. I've seen on social media. Now it's great to be here. No, uh, appreciate it. Uh, the team letting me on board here. I got some ideas. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of the show, you know, all the outlets and the shows that yeah, who's got going on. So uh, hopefully I'll throw in, you know, my own spice, my own flavor to things, but uh, should be a good year. Should be a fun year. So. Well, your spice is what's necessary. That's why, that's why we brought you here is because you want your, your spice, the spicy pea in you. I want to see it. I <laughs> <laughs> will see if I live up to the hype. So. <laughs> all right. So with the Reese, we're going to look at some, uh, what's that? I would say a little bit of pressure, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see if the, the tweets and the ideas translate to the show. So it's no pressure, man. It's just basketball. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah. So with the uh, Reese, we're going to look at some predictions for the Raptors season. Um, there's uh, tons of avenues we could go about it. Some of them are going to be kind of bold. Other ones, not so bold. You might be like, eh, that's not that bold. Other ones would be like, okay, that's kind of clever. That's interesting. So we'll start from the top and there's no better place to start than with Scotty Barnes. So hit me. What do you got? All right. First thing I got, uh, much anticipation. What my thoughts on Scotty Barnes, I predict he'll break 10 points a game as a rookie. Uh, okay. I know there were some early concerns about his scoring potential. Uh, we didn't really see him as a dynamic score at the college level, even at the AAU high school level. But uh, summer league and preseason has given people a lot of uh, encouraging signals. You see a much more compact shooting motion. The mid-range is there. And he finds a way to get easy buckets for himself. Uh, mm -hmm. Just as a, as a runner, a transition guy, he knows that he's big and athletic and has an NBA ready, or, uh, NBA, you know, ready body. So he's finishing over smaller yeah, guys and he's running out in transition. He has a good punch around the rim. So, yeah, he's just a pretty dynamic kid, more dynamic than I thought. He's a hard worker, hustle point. So, uh, yeah, I could see him get to 10 points again. I think that's definitely manageable for him. I think you look at his game and he doesn't have necessarily like the offensive polish that you may want from him, but just because he's going to be on the floor and the things that he does, he does the things that no one else really wants to do. He wants to run the floor. He wants to get offensive rebounds and he wants to get out in transition and, and get buckets. And those are things that, it's not something that everyone can necessarily wants to do and also that they can do. And you know, when you see him against some of the guys that he's barreling down on in transition, like they're like little small fries compared to him. Right. It looks and like so a who, six, nine version of Kyle, right? Ooh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think 10 points is definitely manageable. And another thing that I wanted to add on to with Scotty Barnes is I think he's going to get a triple double this year. Just one, maybe. But I, I could see I could see it happening just because as we're talking about the rebounding is there. Uh, we're going to get into some of the rebounding things with the Raptors later on in the podcast. But 
He's a great offensive rebounder. He's a willing offensive rebounder. And on the defensive end, he's going to do his share there. 10 points, definitely manageable. And then the assists were a bit of a surprise. I mean, we knew that he had a bit of a, a, a passing chops to him heading into the draft. And also we saw some in summer league and we saw it again in preseason. He averaged 5.6 assists in summer league. And the Raptors, they seem like they're pretty willing to work around him. They want to... Uh, given the ball in the post, they want to want him in the high post and they want to get, you know, cutters running around him and they trust Scotty to make the right play. And I don't think that's very common for a lot of rookies to get to be put in that position where you're pretty much like the Marcus all kind of not, he's not Marcus all, but he's being put <laughs> in the position where he has guys cutting around him. And he's just being trusted to make the right play. And he's shown that he can make that right play. He's going to make those nice passes. Like we don't know that pass that he made to pressure to Chua put some mm-hmm. some english on that thing and he found him Absolutely. right underneath the bucket that was very pretty um so i could see a day you know some random team yeah you know third game to four nights they're not really feeling it the raptors are playing really well and over the course of a game because scotty will be a person playing in garbage time that's another factor in this he's gonna play in garbage time i could see him they're gonna give him a lot of minutes yeah man so, so i could see that happening for for scotty and final thought on that uh, for all my fantasy basketball fans, the guy, type of guys we look for, are like the stat sheet stuffers, he's going to get a lot of rebounds. He's going to be around both ends of the rim. Uh, I'm very surprised at how good of a feel of the game he has this young to kind of mm-hmm. add to your point about his playmaking. Not so much just the dribbling, but he just he anticipates when the right time to make that pocket pass is. You see Gary Trent making a lot more cuts that you just didn't see last year, and he just kind of makes everyone around him better. So just very excited about that playmaking aspect of his game. So oh, Gary better get cut. And I tell you that right now, because it's not yeah. going to be all three point shots for him. He's gonna, <laughs> Absolutely. He has to get cutting. It's a different dimension he, in his game. So no question. No question. I see you have one more thing for Scotty, one more prediction, and it's a fun one. So go ahead. Uh, I know everybody's uh, they've been on my ass a little bit about uh, my thoughts on Scotty and just warming up to him a little bit on social media and whatnot. But uh Another prediction is I think he'll be on a mainstream Canadian TV commercial at some point. Very personable guy, funny guy. He's outgoing. Uh, You see the teammates, coaching staff raving about him, and he just kind of has that glow and aura to him where I hope the basketball ability matches, and I think it will because, like, the star power is there, like the way he carries himself, the way he just attracts and everyone gravitates to him so i love to see him on tv i think you will uh it'll be pretty funny hopefully it's something like pizza pizza related so you know, yeah it's not go daddy jesus <laughs> yeah yeah nothing <laughs> like that nothing no osmos none, none of that type of stuff yeah so are you, are you a pizza pizza fan big pizza pizza guy okay we'll leave it there because it's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the more controversial controversial slices um ever i think I've pizza heard. pizza but i mean i got I got a creamy dippy sauce in my fridge right now. Oh, so that's how you. you know how I feel about pizza pizza. It's it's high quality Zah, I must say. Um, I'm gonna my address. Go ahead. Send it <laughs> <over>. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with uh I think they're gonna be a top five defense this year. And I think that's that's a little bit bolder only because like the talent is there for them to be that. But to be a top five defense, you gotta have a good offense too, because the points in transition, uh, if you're not getting, you know, good shots in your offense, then the other team's going to take the court, take the ball down the other side of the court and they're going to get a bucket. So um, I'm cautious with this one, but I mean, we look at the tools, we've seen it a little bit already that their switchability, um, the athleticism that they have, 
the guys that they have, right? The defensive IQ, all guys who are willing to play defense. They want to play defense. They're really, everyone's kind of, you know, collectively, they're really buying into what they're trying to do with, with Masai and Bobby that they're trying to carry out here. And they see that this has potential to be something kind of really cool. It's like not many teams have gone all in on this style of basketball yet. And if it works, I mean, they're going to be part of it. And Absolutely. I think a lot of teams are going to have trouble with, you know, with the Raptors length, I, I think that's absolutely fair. You know, there's going to be those matchups, Joel Embiid's and Nikola Jokic's stuff like that, where they might struggle a little bit perhaps, and, or they're going to be challenged and they're going to have to show that, you know, with their doubling and their schemes, Nick Nurse, you know, he loves the schemes. He's going mm-hmm. to be tested a bit, but I, I think that over the course of an entire season, you're going to see more often than not that teams are going to be like, these guys are tough to score on. And it's just going to be like the arms out from, from, from the left hand to the right hand, top to tail right here. You're going to see five <laughs> guys doing that. And Delano Banton talked about it today, actually. He's saying that when guys see that, see our defense like, like this, arms out, like it's intimidating because you, you don't see a path to scoring. So I could see them getting to, to top five. Really, it's, I think it's going to come down to if, if their offense is going to be able to do its part on the other end to make sure that a top five defense is possible. But I feel it. Yeah, and to follow up on that point, they already have four pieces from an elite defense two years ago, not only Nick Nurse and just how he throws so many different coverages at you, man, two, three zone, three, two, one, three, one, you name it, a lot of trapping, even the boxing one in the finals. And then you have Fred Van Fleet, who's a high-end perimeter defender uh, for guards. You have OG and Pascal that it just feels like one through five, they're all over the place. They can be a point of attack defender. They can be help side defender. Uh, There's just a lot of value there. And then you're adding not only within, within the organization and their development, the Utahs, the Chris Boucher's, but now you're adding mobile athletic bigs that can defend in space like a Precious Achua. Ken Birch was a good add. And now Scotty Barnes, who already projected as probably one or two best defenders in his draft class, and he's guarding guys 94 feet out, has a lot of length. You're seeing even in the preseason, Jason Tatum, Brad Beal, they're struggling to score on this guy. They're struggling to create space. And this is a, this is a 20 year old. So just, there's a lot of excitement, not only with the coaching staff, their defensive philosophies, but they're long, they're athletic, they can defend in space and they'll create turnovers and creating turnovers creates easy offense. And Scotty Barnes in four years. Imagine that. Imagine what he's going to be like. Ooh, those jitters about his game. Yeah. Those jitters about what he's going to be and that uh, draft choice have like, they're so far gone now. Now he's projected to be, you know, probably one of the players who could be potentially a rookie of the year, or if not, I mean, maybe just because of the circumstances, you know, other players getting, you know, 20 points a game or whatever. Um, he's going to be in the conversation because it's Absolutely. such a deep class anyways. And I'm ex and I'm ecstatic to see what he does this season. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Pascal Siakam. Your thoughts. I, I'm a big Pascal guy. It's a hot and cold, you know, love, hate affair with me just because you get so excited about his development over the years. And he just got so good so quickly. So sometimes it's easy to forget about that. But uh, I'm going to go on record and say uh, Pascal will get to, he'll get back to being that all-star fringe, all NBA caliber type player if he's healthy. Um, There's some encouraging signs from last year's uh, game, right? He added playmaking dimension. There's some, extra flashes of three-level scoring in which he's willing to take and make mid-range shots when defenses collapse and just protect the rim. Um, those are two big things when you want to have you, when you're answering some of the half-court um, questions that the team have, right? 
who's going to create a shot for you, who's going to create easy looks. Pascal has really always been the guy, whether that be off the dribble, attacking on a dribble drive, or out the post where just defenses collapse. And sometimes he might not have made the best decisions consistently, um, or the touch around the rim is kind of lack there. But I would like to say that his three ball is going to revert kind of back to the mean where he's going to be around a league average shoot on a nice dosage of threes. Uh, hopefully the, the touch around the rim gets a little better and you're excited about the mid range game that he's added the playmaking dimension. They want him to be a true point forward. And uh, the article in the New York times is kind of, uh, uh, it was telling that he wants to be that guy. And now Kyle is gone. It, it, it's there for him. So if he wants to be that guy, he's healthy. This is probably one of the healthy, healthiest he'll ever be. No COVID. He had the groin issue two years ago, shoulder, you know, shoulder injury that cost him like the latter half of the season. Um, he's mentally ready. He's physically ready. And uh, I got a lot of expectations for Pascal. And me too. And I think they're all justified. You know, uh, I feel like I've talked about this like nonstop that, you know, some of the criticism of him last season that he took, you know, three steps back were completely unfair. Um, he averaged 4.5 assists last year, right? That's not nothing. And on a team like that, which, Honestly, it wasn't good. Okay. It was not a good team. It was not a good bench. Like there, it was not good. And you know, his numbers um, around the rim went down. I mean, probably a lot, a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, a lot more traffic in the paint. Um, he wasn't getting clean looks. Uh, a few things that I would like to see is that I'd like to see Nick kind of get him on the, on the move a little bit more because I find that too much of it uh, last season was isolation and he's just not that guy. He's not the, uh, he's not the isolation guy. He's going to just kill guys like Kawhi could. Right. Um, but if you get him some space, if you get him on the move a little bit, get him in transition, he's going to be able to pick people apart. He's going to make things really tough on them and just get him some switches to make things easier on Pascal. That's kind of what I'm getting at is make things a little bit mm -hmm. easier on his offensive game and cater to it, find ways to leverage his skills and find ways to help him, you know, get easier points because last season it was really tricky. Um, there was an article that came out today. It was from uh, a sports illustrator. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but there was, they, they did this thing where they previewed the 30 teams and a lot of it was just pretty much hot takes. But one of the things that they said is with the Raptors is that there are real issues with Pascal Siakam. <coughs> that is a direct quote. There are real issues with Pascal Siakam. And I was just like, Oh my God, that. we're still doing this, bro. We're still <laughs> in this phase where we're saying let that the there are issues live. with him. Like, yeah, just let it like, let him be. Um, his attitude is very much different this year. He's, uh, he's happy. He's excited. I'm loving to seeing him like this happy Pascal again. And I think he's going to come back with the vengeance and he's going to be terrific for the Raptors. So with yeah. you on that, definitely. And a lot with his game too. And just, when you're that guy and you're an upper echelon player in the league, it's a mental game at that point, right? Just acknowledging that you're the guy, you have the skill set, you have the athletic type, you have the body type. He's a six nine ball handling, can score mm. in the post, can create for mm. others, can shoot off the dribble, can hit the spot up, he can cut. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of dimensions to his game. Now it's all about putting it all together. Another point to that is the team got better. You add a Scotty Barnes, OJ and Obi's taking a step maybe just with the added talent or the improved talent, it makes things much easier for Pascal uh, moving forward. Yeah, man. Uh, you could even include like, you know, Ken Birch and, and Gary Trent Jr. to a smaller degree. Like, yeah, they played together last year, but what was last year? Right. Like that, that, that's not, <laughs> that's no way to acclimate yourself <laughs> to a new team. They're back here. They got a training camp under their belt. They're going to be much more comfortable. And both those guys are going to be assets for Pascal, whether it's in the pick and roll uh, Gary is a spot up shooter as a, as a catch and shoot threat, whatever the case is. It's going to make life easier for Pascal. And I am 
all for that because this narrative has to die, Arise. It has to go away. Pascal's <laughs> a great player. <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, man. Uh, let's. I'm gonna bring up Gary Trent Jr. I just talked to him a, a second ago. I'm gonna bring him up again, and I think he's gonna get a billboard at Dundas Square. <laughs> okay, I think I think we're gonna see his face in that prime spot. You know that prime spot I'm talking about. He's gonna be up there. RW and company has his name written all over it. The man is, I mean, I mean let's call it like it is. Like he's a very handsome guy. And he's a rock he's star a, in Toronto already. He's already a rock star, right? He just needs to make sure that his game kind of equals that value that he's that stock that he kind of already has with a lot of the fan base. And I think that we are going to see him, um, his face a lot across Toronto. Um, it's going to be kind of like Kyle Lowry, you know, in that last season with, with the Raptors, like you kind of saw like different like billboards and little things of Kyle everywhere. And I think it's going to be like that with Gary Trent, because people are going to realize that this guy is handsome and that he's a basketball player on the Raptors and that he can help you sell some stuff. So absolutely. You've got the look too. Like you've got the swag, like the, the outfits, uh, the social media, he knows how to play the social media angle quite a bit. He's younger. So, uh, yeah, no, I, Gary, Gary's going to get a lot of endorsement deals, uh, some com- commercials, some for, you know free gear and stuff like that uh, in his time in Toronto. So, and he's locked up long term too. So it'll be exciting to kind of see the type of personality he develops too over uh, over these next few years. Yeah, and I think on the basketball side of things, I think he probably um, is going to average around 16 points a game this year. Um, I see his numbers kind of dipping a little bit just based off of what he did with the Raptors last year. I think he was just a little bit North of 16 points. And I think it's going to hang around 16 just because of where he's going to be in the pecking order for shots. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not going to be necessarily looked at to be like the, the guy that he was in the latter part of last season, because they were just letting him like rock and just like chuck him up. Right. They wanted to see what he had. And there was no one else really there because, you know, Pascal and OG Fred, all these guys, they weren't playing. Kyle wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. (coughs) And so we had a lot of shots. But this time around, I think he's going to have to be a little bit more disciplined and they're going to run a lot of sets for him. But I, I, I just think, you know, grand, grand scheme, um, him, you know, getting above 40% in the field goal percentage, um, getting his three-point percentage around, you know, 41%, which is nothing to scoff at. Like there's only like 20, 30 guys in the NBA who have a three-point percentage at 41% or above. Um, I think that'd be a great thing to see from him because they need that ability from him. That's going to be, that's one thing that separates him from everyone else on, in the rapid starting lineup is how quickly he can get a shot off, the variety of ways in which he can get a shot off. And also just his combination of that skill along with his ability to get to the bucket, which I hope we see more of this year. Absolutely. Uh, a lot with his offensive game, again, like you highlighted, he doesn't need much space to get a shot off. It's a quick trigger. And whether you like it or not, sometimes the game isn't aesthetically pleasing and sometimes it ices everyone else out. He is a legitimate pull-up threat. He is a catch and sh- one of the elite catch-and-shoot guys in the league. If he adds that dimension as a cutter and now you got additional playmaking, you added Scotty, Pascal's coming back, you're going to have him full-time, Van Fleet's going to assume that role. There's going to be ways for Gary Trent not only to be at the 16, he could potentially even get it a little higher because this is going to be a scoring by committee team. They paid on the potential with Gary Trent. They see a lot of value that we might not see it now, but the Raptors coaching staff has a penchant to unlock potential with these guys. Mm. And there's a good foundation there. He's already an elite shooter. Uh, he's a taller guy. He's six 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 seven. gets good lift on a shot, good compact release. So there's a lot to like with his game. I would like to see better shot IQ over time, but 
playing with guys like Van Fleet, OG, Pascal, that's going to rub off on them. They're going to get them those easy looks. You saw a lot of the extra cutting. Um, I'd like to see more pin downs in the screen action for him yeah. and just let it rip. Like he's an elite shooter, play your game. I'll try to get off his ass this year. You know, uh, got a little <laughs> love hate with Gary, but uh, he'll be, he'll be a good player. Hopefully. And you and many people have a love and hate relationship with Gary Trent Jr. right now. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all in good fun though. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, like him to be part of the Raptors for a long time coming or 22 years old and he's at, already at this skill set. He's got a very bright future in the NBA and it'd be cool if he was a, a Raptor for that time. Um, another guy who has some like lofty expectations this year is Chris Boucher. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so another guy with mixed reviews on his game, but he was one of the bright spots in a lost season last year. Uh, I like the growth not only as a shooter and a, and a defender that you can rely on as a help side, weak side defender, um, rim protector, even though he's skinny and he's going to struggle against those traditional bigs that can back you down and put their weight and stick their back in your rear end on you. But, put their back into it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put the, exactly. But, uh, I mean, he's tough. He's long. He's athletic. He fits the Raptors mold. He hits shots. He hits contested shots. He's not scared. There's a little you know, flashes of self-creation there in the, at the mid range and around the rim towards the end of the year where it was kind of a lost season. So it's like, kind of do your stuff and uh, we'll look the other way, which was very encouraging because he's a little old, he's a little bit of an older guy, 28, but he doesn't have a lot of professional basketball under his belt. So we really don't know how good he can be yet. And at the very least he's positioned himself as a $7 million high end rotational player. Is there a potential leap there? I kind of see it because, again, the foundation's there. He's already a good defender. He forces turnovers. He's among the lead leader, league leaders in blocks, three-point blocks, in just, what, 26, 27 minutes a night? And yeah. there's already high-end shooting there at a high dosage. It's not like it's two shots a game. I'm shooting 38%. He's shooting five, six, seven threes a game. He's uh, getting to the line a little more. I don't know if the handles will ever be there for Chris Boucher, but mm. there's game there. The kids got game. It doesn't always look aesthetically pleasing, but at $7 million and he's a seven, eight man off your bench that can kind of guard in space a little bit. He can help protect the rim. He's a reliable weak side defender. I like Chris Boucher. I've always been a big fan of his. And hopefully there's another gear there. It's a contract gear for him too. So contract gear brings the best year. <laughs> I said mm-hmm, it once, absolutely. say it again. That's how it always goes. Uh, Yo, I, I mean, he's, 
you know, same way through, man. Like, I, I really like think that uh, this is a big year for him. I mean, you look at it and look what the, what the Raptors are creating, as we've talked about. Um, a lot of this is kind of based on what Chris Boucher has done, right? Because mm-hmm. his ability to guard so many positions, to, to get out on the perimeter, to guard smaller players, to go in the post and, you know, do his best against some of the bigger players in the NBA and also hit threes, right? <clears throat> All these skills that he has are kind of what the Raptors are looking for with, you know, this lineup that they're, or the roster that they're creating. So this is a huge year for him. And I think that um, if he's able to show that he kind of fits in this, I think it's going to help him with his next contract. And it's going to, as the NBA, I mean, slowly, every, I think a lot of teams are going to start playing like this, you know, and Absolutely. he's going to make himself a, a very valuable commodity. And the fact that he's going to be coming from the Raptors system, that he's going to be very comfortable with already playing something like a style like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more critical. And even just, again, like the fact that he is, has been part of the Raptor organization for a few years now, that makes all of this more critical. He knows the, the identity. He knows what kind of mold you have to, you have to form for yourself within the, the organization. It's all of it's really key. And they have so many new players this year. So um, we don't know exactly when he's going to come back. I think it was, uh, it was three to four weeks from the day that they announced it, not three to four weeks from the first day of the season when we're talking about how long he's going to miss. So that could mean that he'll you know, be back potentially in a week or two. And that mm-hmm. would be great for him. It'd be great for the Raptors because they need his scoring. They need his height. They need his athleticism. They need his ability to guard the three-point line. It's all, all of it. And uh, I, you know, caution Raptor fans to kind of cut him some slack without a full training camp, without the full preseason, let him get going. He's a momentum rhythm guy. He needs to play minutes. You saw that he got better as the season went along, as he earned more trust. He gave you good minutes, even in the clutch. I remember the game against the Bulls. He put up 30 something, just, Mm -hmm. it felt like everything that he shot went in. He's not scared. He kind of fits that mentality of we're long, we're athletic, we're tough. We're not scared. We can do a lot of things. We're versatile. And we might not have that traditional seven footer at the rim that can protect and deter shots at the rim, but Chris is going to work his ass off to try to. So yeah. that's, there's value in that. So I'm excited for Chris and his development and he's gotten better every year. And uh, shout out Chris Boucher. That's my guy. That's your guy. So, <laughs> Love it. Yeah, um, I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction that the Raptors are going to be top 10 in offensive rebound this year. And a it. quick, quick, Trivia for you. I did this once with Amon and she she enjoyed it. So I'm going to do it with you too. When was the last mm-hmm. time the Raptors were top 10 in offensive rebounding? I don't remember the last time we were top 10 in rebounding, period. <laughs> <laughs> Wild guess? Just for the hell of it? Uh, championship year. Championship year? Uh, nope. I mean, we're going right back to 2010-2011 season, okay? That was the year that Reggie Evans was averaging four <laughs> offensive rebounds a game. And Ed Davis and Amir Johnson both were averaging as well, um, two for themselves. So they did finish 22 and 60 that year. Obviously, it's not maybe a strategy you want to replicate all the time, but I think they get back there this year. And I think it's because of some of the personnel that they brought in. Uh, we've talked about them a few times already, but like Scotty, Precious, Utah, this style that they're playing, um, it's conducive to getting more offensive rebounds because you're not worried so much about the matchups that are going to go on, on the back end and transition because everyone's 6'8", 6'9", whatever the case is, right? So everyone can guard mm-hmm. everyone. So you can get a few guys to, you know, in, in, in a responsible manner to, yeah, try and get an offensive rebound. And because they are, again, 6'9", they, they're going to get some and you know scotty and precious uh, i'm talking about them specifically but like you could do this but there's a lot of guys who could probably you know get a few off- offensive rebounds for themselves 
they're gonna have success at it too. They're so athletic mm-hmm. and they just have that build that's gonna help them, you know, the leaping ability, all that. I think uh, I think this is the year that the Raptors get back there. And this is gonna be hopefully like a way that they're able to get some easier offensive possessions, uh, get some easier buckets because, you know, between the offensive rebounding and the transition, they're going to need both of those to help them um, get their point total over the course of a game higher because they're half court offense. We're not sure about it yet. Mm-hmm. To follow up on that point last year, I don't think the Raptors were hopeless in terms of the compete level and like, it's not like they were getting blown out by 2030 every night. Like some of these traditional lower end lottery teams a lot of their losses were less than 10 three five low margin or just short margins where an extra rebound here a second chance point here winning the turnover battle winning the rebounding battle I know that was a big headache last year the additional length where it always seems like outside of Van Fleet and and Goron they're looking to play six seven six eight six nine guys all at once at all times. And, and these are not like, these are not slouches. These are athletic guys too. So just, just to follow up on that point, I, I can, I can yeah. potentially see that it just, again, it is going to depend on how Nick nurse wants to scheme it. Does he want to set up a scheme where they want to take away transition? So guys are thinking ah, we can live with the one and done shot. We got to get back. It's a defensive team. Or do we want to leverage our size and length, crash the board, get those second chance points that adds up in the regular season. And I anticipate we're going to be a playoff team, but I'm maybe not a top three team that you want to get those extra wins under your belt. Those three point losses last year, you want to turn into three point wins. So hopefully we start to see some of that where we leverage our size, length and athletic ability. Um, we have the capability to be a top 10 offensive rebounding team. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, another player that uh, has been brought in who has a lot of size is Precious Achua. You are rel- You are pretty high on him this year. Love him. Uh, I can see him by December being a starter on this team. Mm, it's no okay. slouch to Ken Birch. He came in, gave us a lot of valuable minutes. You see him as a playmaker in the short role. He didn't do this in Orlando, but was willing to stretch the floor and at least attempt to hit the corner three or even the occasion above the break three as needed. Good hands where it looked like Aaron Baines and Alex Lynn, no disrespect to them. Those are two pros couldn't catch a ball or finish a layup as seven footers or six eleven, but Ken Burch just reliable. He's yeah. athletic. He's good hand-eye coordination. It felt like you didn't have a center that could even catch the ball and finish. So there, it was just a breath of fresh air. He's your functional center. I look at Precious Achua as having the new NBA center body type, but with some fringe wing skills, right? You see them even in summer league and preseason, he's catching a rebound. He wants to go coast to coast see if there's an opportunity to get a mismatch where he can take it to the rim or even a stop and pop pull up mail range. We're seeing some of these things. He's hitting threes at a decent clip in the preseason summer league. Um, like, I like the, the impact on rebounding a little more, the impact on shot blocking and deterring the shot. And then just a little more athleticism guarding in space on switches rather than Kem, who's more your traditional big, but at six nine in terms of his skill set, which is good. Yeah. He's valuable and he's at a cheap rate. It's around eight, nine million. But Precious has been better than advertised. And he's been developing wing skill sets up until he got to Memphis, where James Wiseman ends up sitting out the rest of the year. And then he's your de facto center and he's just brilliant. He's a double double threat. And then you yeah. look at him now, is it far fetched to say, you know, see him as a double double threat too? Like 
getting 10, 11 rebounds, 13 points. He's hitting a couple threes. He's running out in transition. He's guarding one through five. He's just causing mayhem and havoc. And yeah, he needs to control himself a little bit on both ends, but mm-hmm. oh my God, it's just, it's, it's encouraging. And he's young. This is his second year in the league. He's going to play a lot of minutes. Uh, Nick Nurse said it himself. It's going to, it's going to be right down split, you know, give or take a couple minutes. He's going to give both guys every opportunity to kind of get the job and run with it. And I'd give Precious the lead so far um, after preseason, but granted Ken Birch had a uh, COVID and hopefully uh, he's getting back up to speed in game shape. But what went from being like a super weakness last year could potentially, if not hold serve, be a little bit of an advantage, a creation advantage, a defensive advantage at the center position. Hey Amen. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think they fit exactly what the Raptors need. And I think that's even more important than you know them being necessarily good centers is that are they helping with the Raptors, you know, with their identity, with their, what they're trying to accomplish. And that's mm-hmm. even more important than anything. I think Kem, um, you know, when, once he gets back up to speed and when he starts feeling good again, I think he's going to have a tremendous impact on the roster. I think that, um, you know, he, he only shot one, three in, uh, in preseason, but he made it and it was a swish. And one mm-hmm. of my thoughts I, I could see is that Dreaming. he has like a, he has like a really big, a three-point shooting game, right? Because he's going to be sitting there in the corner three position, and there's going to be a game probably where the Raptors are just killing a team because through their through their uh, rim running and their driving, and that Kem's just going to be out there at the three-point line. He's going to get a couple of I buckets for us. So you know, between them two, I think they're going to be in good hands for exactly what they're looking for. As we're wrapping up on the podcast, I'm going to throw a few fun ones at you. I think Yuta Watanabe is going to dunk on someone. This is, <laughs> redemption. This, has, this has absolutely everything to do with, yes, redemption, is that he is too good of a person He's so unselfish. He's exactly what the Raptors want. Yeah, right. He's he's not guaranteed right now, but I'm sure they're going to guarantee that contract and he will yep. make the team and he will ascend above the means. Okay. And he will <laughs> become a player that has going to have his own set of photos with him where he's going to be dunking on a person. And I, yes, I hope the person is Andre Drummond just because it's funny. <laughs> I want him to cock back that joint and bang on Andre Drummond. He would be the person <laughs> if I could just, you know, if I could make it happen you know, through the, through the basketball spirits, that would be the guy. And then the other one that comes to mind is um, I think we'll get a new Nick nurse meme this year hmm. because we got a refresher of it a couple of days ago. The origin was from the Orlando series in 2019, where Nick had that face yep. he did it again the other day. I think we're going to get another one this year because you know, in this season, Nick is so competitive. We're going to get some sort of exasperated, confused, or some kind of like, I don't know, I'm ahead out of here face, <laughs> you know, a SpongeBob meme. Mm-hmm. We're going to get one version of that this year and it's going to go viral. And uh, I certainly at, at, at Yahoo, I will be clipping. I remember that meme or that, uh, that 2019 scenario. And he was asked about it afterwards. And he's like, and he was like, he was told, Oh, Nick, you're trending on social. He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm trending. Is that a, is that a good thing? Cause he has no yeah. idea. <laughs> he's, an, he's an animated guy. He's, he's a fun guy. Yeah, he's he a rah, rah. He's your old school NBA coach where he just yells at the ref. He's willing to take a tech. Um, there's that one funny gif where he doesn't say anything to the ref and the ref is like, and it's just like, ah, oh, that's gold. <laughs> that's even Nick nurse, not saying anything is going to piss off a ref. So I love it. I love <laughs> Nick. True. So, uh, your final one before, as we wrap up the pod, sir, uh, are we doing a fun one or would we want to, it's up to serious? you, whatever the one that you feel is most important for people to know as, as we're wrapping up. You, you know, the Raptors fan base kind of turned on Goran Dragic pretty quickly after yeah. there was a sound bite from uh, his time with a, it was with a Slovenian a publication or a newspaper and saying that he didn't anticipate being with the Raptors. Said some 
accidental shots. Higher ambitions than being a Raptor is what he said. Absolutely. It's ingrained Um, in my mind. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think the organization is going to forget that. I don't think it's a a slight to anybody. I think ultimately he's going to come in. He's going to be a pro. He's going to be a a, a valuable player that's got some basketball, some high level basketball left in. But the plan was to get a veteran guard to kind of ease Malachi Flynn in and figure out his role and identity at this level. He's had some struggles, but he's had some good flashes too. So you want that vet to kind of ease that pressure a little bit until he's ready. And it's just going to make for, uh, I'd like to say, an amicable exit out eventually (laughs) when he's inevitably playing with his uh, fellow countryman, uh, Luka Doncic, with the Mavericks, which is fine by me because we want to make the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to need him – you know, games one through 30, 40, and then uh, we'll wish him well when he's a Maverick later this year. It's one of the things that we're not really sure about, right, is is what his role is going to be with the Raptors long term. You would think that, no, he he wouldn't be with them for you know anything longer than this season. But then there's a scenario where you know, what if the Raptors are really good, right? And he's a big part of it sure. because he is a great player. I could see, you know, both things happening um, and be up to, I guess, I guess, just find out what uh, what happens. But Arisa, man, this was fun. Um uh, terrific work on your first uh, pocket with the with ROE. Much appreciated joining us. Uh, closing Thank thoughts. You so much. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a, a just a wonderful, fun season. I think. Hopefully, everyone stays healthy, not only on the court but uh, within our own team as well. Uh, just very grateful to be here. I'm thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this was fun. Get the little rookie jitters out early throughout <laughs> this cast. Uh, and uh, hopefully I'll be dropping 20, 30 a game as we move forward. So You just dropped 20, so let's see 30 next time. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for listening and watching, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.